Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. WRKS Pickens Jackson. You ready? Let's go! Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Where are you? The Zone. Ah, good morning. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by the Armory. The Armory in Ridgeland, Mississippi. On Lake Harbor, right in front of Kroger. The Armory, Central Mississippi's number one source. For top-of-the-line, best-in-class, premium firearms, optics, and suppressors. They make the suppressor buying process simple. They can walk you through the suppressor buying process. Their knowledgeable staff will get you set up with the firearm optics suppressor that fits your specific needs at the Armory Lake Harbor in Ridgeland in front of Kroger. Right down from Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We're streaming live on thezone1059.com. A great place to watch the games tomorrow and Sunday is the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge. And yes, they have a full bar and they serve food. And if you want to catch some of the game, have a beverage, but then walk just right across the casino floor to Mama Nims. It's a really cool whiskey craft beer bar fill 
with a hell of a menu. And that's inside the Golden Moon Casino, and the sports book is in there, Pearl River Resort. Wonderful chairs, 40 TVs, full bar, and food. But Mama M's is right across the casino floor. And they have some delicious appetizers, sandwiches, uh, burgers. It's it's kind of got a julep feel, oh. if you will. Oh. And um, so it's 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 Southern Soul cooking with a culinary flair at Mama M's right across the casino floor from Time Out Lounge Sportsbook inside the Golden Moon Casino. Don't forget about Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Uh, we've got two NFL games tomorrow and two on Sunday. And then Blake also has a disc golf tournament in Startville, which is very serious. Well, Res Dog, uh, he's salty. Man, that guy's <laughs> mad at you and me and I the think world. he's mad at Lane Kiffin is yeah. part of the problem. He said, I hope Blake slips down and falls on his red ass. Why? First off, wow, rude. Why go through life like that? Yeah. Um, I love the second text. Blake better get his frisbee arm loose because State can't get a portal QB. <laughs> uh, oh, and, salty. And so, yeah, they're, they're, the text on the agup.com text line are phenomenal. Um, there's a lot of chatter on Ole Miss and the three QBs and how in the world that's going to work out. Did you get the sense that David Johnson was telling you that there's probably not a great chance all three are there for the opening weekend? I got the feeling, like, listening to David, that it's great, there's going to be a battle, but it's hard to keep three guys happy, as he told you. It's hard to keep three guys happy. Yeah. It's hard to keep any of these guys happy. Walker Howard wants to play football. Is he really just going to be content sitting behind two more guys now? Uh, what a situation to find yourself in. Maybe he's thinking they'll both be gone for 2024. Mm, mm, mm. The way Lane's recruiting, who else will be on the roster in 2024? Well, now that's that's a good point. Uh, this was funny, Blake. The... Oh, man, I thought I bookmarked this. On the, on the Twitters? Yeah. All right, so I'll switch gears. I'll go with Colin Cowherd and, oh. and the Dak Prescott. This guy, I don't even know who this dude is. No one. It's okay. just a listener. He's a random dude. Um, Colin Cowherd, so this guy tweets out on the Twitters, Cowherd has brought up Dak Prescott's shaky first two possessions. Versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, more than he'll acknowledge Trevor Lawrence's four interceptions in the first half against the Chargers. Mm, mm, That's mm. so good. It's so accurate, though. Yeah. It, we, what did we just talk about? They're talking about it right now on ESPN, okay? Dak Prescott, in his weekly press conference this week after practice, said, hey, we're excited about getting the 49ers. We wanted to play San Francisco. We want to you know, face the best. We want to avenge last year's playoff loss. Okay. Now ESPN's like, oh, Dak's gonna regret saying that. You don't you shouldn't wanna avenge last year's loss. San Francisco's too good for you guys. What's he supposed to say? 
What do you want your starting quarterback to say when asked about facing your opponent in the playoffs? Oh, uh, well, we didn't want to play him because we're scared. Right. What's he supposed to, what do you want what do you want your leader to say? Yeah, we're excited to play a really good team because we think we're really good too or no, we don't we didn't want to play San Francisco because they beat us once and now we we'll never beat them again. I also want to talk about uh is Daniel Jones sneaky athletic? Yeah, uh, cuz he's white. <laughs> That's how it works. Wes Welker was Wes Welker the first modern That's in the two thousands. Was Wes Welker the first sneaky athletic guy? Jacob Hester. Oh, you're going college. Well, even NFL. NFL. He plays the last great fullback, baby. Played for the he, Chargers. He really wasn't. I mean, he played for like seven minutes. Why you gotta see? You're so dismissive. Uh so would you go Wes Welker? He's up there. I think uh, John Lynch, safety for the Broncos, I think of him as sneaky athletic. Okay, all right. And he played in the 2000s. Was Peyton Manning sneaky athletic? No. Okay, Tom Brady? No. Okay. Uh, They're not athletic. So, that, it's a great question. I think to be sneaky athletic, you have to actually be athletic is the problem. Who leads the, who leads the sneaky athletic first team group in the NFL in the 2000s? Who who leads the way? That's a great question. So currently, the most sneaky athletic guy is it Wes guy, Welker, Jul- Julian Edelman, or do you go somewhere else? I think well, I like Welker better than Edelman, but that's oh, okay. just personal flavor, probably. Right. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is the most athletic person in the NFL, probably, and nobody gives him credit. Okay. But now he's now he's out of Carolina and with San Francisco, and they're winning, and he he'll get more love because it's a bigger brand, sure. obviously. Fair enough. Um. Man, that's a great question. Who else would be sneaky athletic? J.J. Watt? I don't think you can be a like first ballot Hall of Famer and be sneaky. No, no, anything. I'm talking about before that. You're talking about today. I'm talking about yeah, 15 years ago. Yeah, but even coming ago. out, he was projected to be an, a freak. So I don't. I, I think sneaky athletic is that guy who you don't, when you get off the bus, was you're not afraid of sneaky him. Sneaky athletic. No, Gronk was very openly athletic. People just didn't think he cared enough about football to be good. Coming out of Arizona, I mean, he was a freak physically. See, I think I think sneaky athleticism is the build of you don't look athletic until you do it. Like so, so that's who who would win? I mean, Edelman and Daniel Welker look that way, or Wes Welker. Daniel Jones definitely fits that, and okay. he plays QB, which is a bigger position how, to how, do that. Did he have at. what seventy-seven yards or something rushing? Yeah, last Yeah, he's a freak. Okay. They they well, he is way more athletic. That's why we're called that's why we're talking sneaky athletic. To me, sneaky athletic is if you're sitting on the side of the road and they and the bus stops and the team is getting off the bus. Okay. Right. Um Jeffrey Simmons. And you're going into Waffle House. Jeff it doesn't matter where you go. Yeah. Jeffrey Simmons, obviously athletic, right? Okay. Not sneaky. Right. J JJ Watt looked a freak. Rob okay. Runcrossy looked like a freak getting right. off the bus. Welker, Amendola, Daniel Jones, you thought were the managers. That's okay. sneaky athleticism. If what, you look what, like what you, quarterback outside of Daniel Jones oh. in the two thousands. Oh, in the, oh, okay. So no one gives Daniel him Jones credit. Is like six, four, five. Jay Cutler was insanely athletic. Ooh, he was. And no and one he, gives and he him went credit. To Vanderbilt. And people love to hate him at the Bears because they never really won the way. That, and he didn't do the whole. I'm the quarterback. I'm positive. He hated everyone. Jay Cutler. Yeah. He is on the first team sneaky athletic. Definitely. Jeff Garcia. Squad. Jeff Garcia is a sneaky athletic. It's just. You know who would have been prior to that, Blake? I know we got to go. Uh, Steve Young. Yeah. Yeah. I think. All right. Back in a second.
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, man. Sneaky athletic. Who would be on the first team squad? What about in basketball, Blake? Would Steve Nash be there? Oh, man. It's a great question. You know, he Steve was small, skinny. I could see, you know, I think sneaky athletic, and I think I try to think of, like, who looks like they don't belong in their sport, right? <sighs> who is the Spud Webb? Spud Webb is like four foot five. Like, how did that guy play? You're right. In the NBA? He was about five seven. I watched him play live. How did that in dude, the Omni in Atlanta? Yeah. How did that dude play in the NBA? I was a huge Dominique Wilkins fan, and Spud Webb was on the Hawks. Yes, he along was. Along with Doc Rivers. Yes, he was. Okay. Uh, but that was a problem for me because I kind of rooted for them, and they were awful in the '80s. Uh, Muggsy Bogues was even Ooh, shorter. Yeah. And played in the NBA was a that, long time. Did he play at Portland? Where did Muggsy play? Uh, he played in several different places. Okay. Uh, he played at Wake Forest, I think, uh, yeah. in college. Um, he was, yeah, I remember him. I played an NBA Jams game back in the day that had him okay. on. Okay. All right. It's really remarkable at 5'3 or 5'4 that Muggsy Bogues could play in the NBA. I mean, yeah. good Lord. That's pretty remarkable. Right? Yeah. Um, but when you think about sneaky athletic in the NBA, mm. like you know who I go with that leads the way is Larry Bird because Larry yes. Bird did not have any muscle tone on no. his, but, but, but he, his trunk and his legs were so damn strong. He's a top yeah. five player of all time in yes. my opinion. Okay. Yes. And I didn't give him credit my whole life until about the last six or seven years. And then I got into this thing, Blake, I told you about this. This was a few summers ago. And I got in, I just did a deep dive into Larry Bird on YouTube. And I thought, I mean, I grew up in the 80s. I grew up with the Lakers and the Celtics and eventually the Pistons. But he was so damn good to be 6'9", could play inside, outside. An unbelievable, you know, obviously he could shoot, but he could pass it. He could dribble it. And he was a walking bucket. He was a walk. He may be the GOAT. 
Whereas Michael Jordan is the goat of basketball, Larry Bird may be the goat of sneaky athletic. Yeah, and because there was no muscle tone in his arms. No, he didn't look like it. He was pasty, pasty. Yeah, pasty. My favorite quote of and Larry he Bird. He was from French Lick, yeah. Indiana. Yeah, he's just a country boy. My favorite quote about Larry Bird is, you know, people. He's talking about coming into the NBA and he's like, everybody's saying uh, he didn't play anybody. He's you know from Podunk, Indiana. They don't, you know, he doesn't know how to play. He's not gonna be able to play fast. He's not gonna be able to play strong. He said, I got up here and about three games in, I looked around and said, these dudes ain't beep. Like I can, I can dominate this league. And I'm going, that's an incredible mind to be, to look around the NBA three games in as a, as a rookie from nowhere, Indiana and go, yeah, no one here is better than me. That's an insane mindset. He was so good. That's an insane mindset. I know Magic and the Lakers were were fun. unbelievable and more flashy. More fun to watch, yeah. But uh, he was so good. See, that's the the funny thing is, is, if you go back and watch Larry Bird highlights, because obviously I didn't see him play live, but you go back and watch him and you, and you go, he was fun to watch personally. His teams were just very old school basketball. But, but Larry you know Bird himself did? was great. KC allowed them to get up and down the court. Here, Correct. Here, here was, the Lakers did it so much. Boston Boston was up-tempo, too. Yes. It Even though it looked flashy. like Mikhail couldn't play. Yeah. And it looked like Bird couldn't play. Hell, it looked like Parrish couldn't play. But And DJ kind of wasn't really... DJ, you know, their point guard, wasn't really built the way... You would think he should be built. Agreed. But, man, they'd whip you. And uh, so I think Larry Bird would be number one all-time sneaky athletic. Yeah, I'd put him up there. Uh, how? Oh, hold on. We're forgetting the most sneaky athletic guy of all time. But it's only in college. Mr. Ranch Dressing. Oh, Stetson Bennett the fourth. Is there anyone who's been more sneaky athletic recently? I mean, come on, bro. No. Come the on. Kid, the kid's got some wiggle. He's he, got some speed. And he's, he's a got walk some wills. On. Yeah, I mean, Mac Jones was sneaky athletic, but he That's was at, he was at Alabama and he was a scholarship player, and people were still kind of hyping him up. I mean, Mister Ranch dressing. Is he looked the like definition. a bi- Mac Jones looked like he majored in biomedical engineering and never yeah. ever got on the field or the court in high school. Yeah, Stetson Bennett doesn't look far off. Just not quite as in, he wouldn't be engineering. He'd be business based. But Stetson doesn't look that far off. Yeah, to me, that's the definition of sneaky athletic. It's when you get off the bus, do you look like you'd you'd be carrying the bags more than playing on the on the team, right? Do you look more like the manager than you do a player? That's sneaky athleticism. I love this. Yeah. Speaking of sneaky, can we go on like some kind of sneaky athleticism tour? <laughs> well, I know what it would be. It'd be disc golf. There, I mean, you're, there's you're definitely right some of that. in the sneaky yeah. af- athleticism sport. Dis- so I've I've had this conversation with somebody. And by the way, is it a sport? Yeah, 100%. I don't know. Let's yeah, debate that. If golf is a sport, then disc golf is a sport. There's no difference. You're just doing you're just doing it differently. You're one's swinging a club, one's using your hand to throw a disc. I mean, you, discus do you, do you consider pickleball a sport? By definition, it is a sport. Is it a like How do you explain? All right, so golf is a sport, right? 
tennis okay. is a sport. Okay. Pickleball is just tennis on a on a much smaller scale. You you think uh, bobsledding is? Dude, bobsledding is dangerous. Sports a very vague word. Um, if it takes athleticism and it takes focus and practice to get better at it, then it's probably a sport. Is it a competitive sport like that you can watch? That's totally different. You know, those are different things. Like, I don't think people are going to watch pickleball. People watch disc golf. It's a big deal. It's a, it's you don't, very you, large You don't think growing. people will watch pickleball? I don't think so. Because there, here's the problem with pickleball. It's a very, that's a very, like, parental sport. Like, at least disc no, golf. It's a, it's a country club sport. Yeah, yeah. But my point is, it that is the perfect you're not going to develop like pros and then create leagues that you really like at, where you want to watch people do stuff that regular people can't do, okay. right? That's but interesting in, in regular, your take on so that. in regular golf, let me ask you this: like, you're not going to go watch four of your buddies play golf, right? Hell no, because there's no difference in them and every other average Joe. But if you can watch a dude hit at 450 and make 80 foot birdie putts on the reg, you'd watch that, right? That's insane. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. disc golf falls in the same category. You're not going to go watch me play disc golf. I, I understand that. I could watch you play one hole. I get that. But if you're watching someone do stuff that no one else can do, that's interesting. Yeah. And if you care about that vein of sport, then it becomes more interesting. So you, Rock climbing? No. I mean, that's a leisure sport, right? You're not competing in rock climbing in theory. I mean, you might be racing up a, a mountain or something like that, but it's not really the same. I mean, I think I think like dart throwing. That's a leisure sport, right? Like technically, you're competing. Pull, Techn- yeah, leisure sport. It's not. It doesn't take insane athletic ability to do those things, but it does take precision, finesse, practice, and you are competing. I just think there are different levels of sport. Different levels of sport. Right? I mean, it's you know, I don't know. I think I think golf is a sport, but it's not the same level as football. Wow. They're just different. Okay. Would you put it at the same level as football? Yeah. Interesting. I think it's insanely difficult, and the skill level is... Through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by the Armory, Central Mississippi's number one source for top-of-the-line, best-in-class firearms, optics, and suppressors at the Armory in Ridgeland Lake Harbor in front of Kroger. Beautiful building. Amazing space. And they make the suppressor buying process simple. The Armory is Central Mississippi's number one source for top of the line, best in class premium firearms, optics, and suppressors. Lake Harbor and Ridgeville. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com.
Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, before we get to Dak Prescott's incredible performance, and he carried the Dallas Cowboys again, we have to ask uh, Steve Palazzolo some other questions. We are the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Uh, Drago's Seafood Restaurant and Oyster Bar is now open for lunch. Char-grilled, char-broiled oysters. Um, amazing gumbo, catfish po' boy. I'm not even sure that Palazzolo's had a a real catfish po' boy. Um, if he has it, we definitely need to get that man one. Uh, Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, NFL Insider, PFF.com. He joins us on the Patron Tequila Guest Line. Steve, last week, uh, Blake Scott played in a disc golf tournament and won his division. And that's all we've heard about all week. Have, have you ever played disc golf? I have not. Okay. Have you ever, I mean, do you know about it? Have you heard of it? No, I, I, no, I, I know very little about it. I know you can bet on it and stuff now. But, uh, <laughs> uh, have you ever thought about playing around? No, man, I'm just trying to take care of my four kids every single day. I'm That's right. That. I know you're, you're borderline <laughs> basket. You're almost to that basketball team. Are y'all going to go ahead and round that out kids. with number five? Or? Kids. It's my life right now. Okay. Uh, you, you've got four kids. What's the oldest? Uh, seven. Are you serious? That, yeah. Seven, six, four, and two. Man, you really are hanging on. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, that's great. All right. Four under seven. Incredible. Reminds me of my friend, uh, Michael Burner. He was, uh, he's part of the architecture firm that, that, uh, designed duty noble field. Uh, I saw him in the airport with all four of them. Uh, when we were coming out of Tampa from the bowl game, yeah, I should have videoed the whole thing. I, it would have gone viral. So let's talk Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Real quick, let's hit on last weekend before we get into the 49ers. He was coming off his worst game of his career, and Dallas didn't play good overall. Uh, how did PFF grade Dak last weekend against Tampa Bay? Graded him really well. I mean, he was. this might have been his best game of the season, not just throw for throw, which is what we do. Um, but, you know, obviously the entire offense, you know, the fact that they scored, I mean, it had to be an NFL record, five touchdowns to score 31 points. That's uh, that's pretty special with uh, the missed extra points there. But, yeah, they, they made key plays when they needed to. Uh, the great Mike McCarthy was aggressive on fourth and three instead of taking the field goal opportunity, which, of course, you know, probably helped that his kicker, you know, helped the decision that his kicker wasn't kicking anything well that day, missing everything. Um, but that aggressive move led to the the coverage bust touchdown. Only Dak could make that throw on the coverage bust on fourth and three. Only he could make that for the touchdown. But now overall, I, I thought Dak was was very good. Good decision making, and like I, I don't know how you guys live in this Cowboys media world as Dak Prescott fans. Like there is just no, there's just no logic. Well, they to don't. Anything, the right? media doesn't like him. Uh, the na- I, however you want to describe national media, but 
They don't like him. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because of the star and the Cowboys, but there there's just a lot of people in the media that don't like him, even though he really hasn't done anything except carry Jason Garrett, who was a an you know below average coach. Uh, a lot of Jerry's bad decisions. Romo did the same thing, and 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 people didn't, really didn't like Romo. So, what do you think? You're in the you're with either the top web website or one of the top websites in the country on the most popular sport in North America. What do you think it is as far as some of this? He just can't he can't win people over regardless of what he does. Well, I mean, I think a big part of it is just the standard of the Cowboys quarterback, right? I mean, it's Romo dealt with this too, I think, for a lot of his career where he was Romo was like the most overrated and underrated quarterback, depending on who you talk to. Um, and it's essentially because you're you're being stacked up against, not that Aikman was great, but you're just being stacked up against a quarterback that won championships or a team that won championships. And until you do that, it's like, well, you're just not doing enough. But then the underlying metrics are probably pretty good for guys like Tony Romo and Dak Prescott, which they are. I mean, the, the nuance to the Dak thing is leading the league in interceptions was unlucky, right? It wasn't bad decision-making or anything until week 18, where he was absolutely terrible against the commanders. That was real. You know, like we were defending him all week about the interception stuff, and then he kept throwing the ball to the defense. And he somehow only came away with one pick. But regardless, like the truth is somewhere in the middle. I, I don't think Dak has had his best season, but he's absolutely capable of what he did last week against the Bucs, which is playing a clean game, getting the ball to his playmakers, making clutch throws, using his legs. He's capable of all that stuff. So, again, the truth is somewhere in between. The, the interceptions are overblown because, like, throwing a pick six in overtime on a drop, like, that's not on Dak. Like, don't even talk about that play. Don't even lump that in. And people can't separate bad luck with this stat, which happens to be interceptions this season. Okay, how do we balance that, Steve? Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com, on the Out of Bounds show. You mentioned the picks, and and I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Even 10 years ago, much less 30 years ago, quarterbacks were not throwing the ball as much. There weren't as many reps in a game, plays in a game. So, I mean, Troy Aikman, and I know I'm not ready to say Dak or Romo or Troy, although I Don't think Troy benefited Don't from a defense and Emmett. Think about how much they ran the football and played a ball control offense and didn't, you know, air it out, so to speak. How do y'all balance that, Steve? I mean, look, we, we balance it by grading every single play, right? So interceptions for us, the the the, the process gets graded. So something like Dak in overtime where he throws a ball that should be caught for a first down and it gets tipped up for an, for a pick six. That's not his fault. Like, it's not on him. Now, there are other plays. I thought the Indianapolis game where they crushed the Colts in the fourth quarter, Dak got away with two passes that should have been picked. So what you what you should do is just add proper context to every play. Okay, we do it, PFF, and then say, okay, well, Josh Allen has a ridiculous number of turnovers this year, turnover-worthy plays and actual turnovers. But it doesn't matter because he has, for us, like twice as many big-time throws as anyone else, and he offsets them by just making special plays that that add value. So every play matters. Um, The other context here is, you know, Zach Prescott's tied for 14 in uh, turnover-worthy plays, which is high. I mean, it's not great, 
but it shouldn't lead the league in interceptions, right? Like there's a disconnect there between, you know, is Dak taking care of the ball relative to the rest of the league? He's middle of the pack. Is, should he be leading the league in interceptions? Absolutely not. That's crazy. So you just need people to use logic instead of saying, hey, look at these 15 plays. Let's define Dak Prescott's season by 15 plays when the Cowboys actually have one of the most efficient offenses in the league despite those interceptions. So you just have to look at everything and not just try to create a narrative out of one stat. I mean, I'd say it the other way, too. There was a year Patrick Mahomes had one interception like more than halfway into the season, and he had such unbelievable luck that year that you can't say he was taking good care of the ball just because he had one pick. Like, just use some logic and watch the plays and quantify it or use PFF to help you quantify it. Um, speaking of being efficient, they've got a kicker who can't hit a PAT. Yeah. He, he got the yips. What, what is your take? What is PFF's approach on this? You flush it, you ride with him this weekend out in San Francisco. Where are you on that? Oh, man, I, I don't think PFF has a take on this. I don't know what to do with this. I mean, look, if you go into the game and you say, we're going to go for two every time, you know, th- there is a viable strategy that says if your offense is good, you you might be better over time doing that, right? If if you land at 50% and offset, if you can get over 50% conversion rate, all of a sudden you're adding more value to, value to the offense. So that's one thing. The other thing is, I mean, they'll have to assess them in practice. I know there's a difference between practice and a game, but the yips, the yips will show up everywhere, you know? So maybe it's easier for Maha to hit a 45-yard field goal. That could be the case. Uh, but you could go into the game, and it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if you said, guess what, we're going for it. I mean, we're just going to be aggressive on fourth downs. Unless it's fourth and a mile, we're just going to go for it. We have a good offense that might end up being better for us in the long term. The only time that it gets scary is if you get to a game-winning field goal opportunity and you have to rely on him. So I don't know what the answer is. I do know that kicking is one of the most difficult things to predict. The yips in general, any sport, <laughs> difficult things to predict. You don't know when people are going to come out of it. It's right you know, Rick Ankiel had to move to outfield. You know, other guys figured it out at some point. So, I mean, Mason Crosby of the Packers has had the yips like three different times in his career, and he, he kept going, right? And wow. all of a sudden, he's, he got out of it. So, I have I have no good answers for, for the yips in general. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, on the Patron Tequila guest line. Do, with the matchup this weekend, Cowboys and 49ers, uh, Mike Dettelier said that Dak would have to be perfect for them to win, or damn near like last weekend in Tampa. Uh, where where are you on that, considering how they're kind of built and made up? Uh, over the last 15 or so years, we've had teams run through the playoffs who've been able to lean on other units, world-class, big-time elite, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Giants, and some other teams. Where do you fall on that as far as a path for Dallas to win, um, will Dak have to be borderline perfect? Yeah, I don't know if it's perfect. I mean, look, I think the Niners' defense is challenging. Um, they're certainly going to rush the passer better than the box. They're probably going to cover better than the box. But the, the Niners do seem to have a coverage buster, too, per game that leads to a, you know, a random 60- or 70-yard play. If that happens, you gotta you gotta make sure you hit it. You gotta make sure you see it. Um, the windows are tighter. You know they do. They fly around. They play coverage extremely well. They'll press on the outside with Traverius Ward. So it's it's definitely more challenging. You saw 
But you saw it against Seattle, right? There's kind of um, they, they turned Geno Smith over a couple times, but he also hit a deep ball for DK Metcalf. So I think plays will be there. Um, so I think it's less about being perfect. Like, I don't care if Dak throws an interception or two if that happens, but you've got to hit the deep shots, right? An interception gets offset by a 50-yard touchdown. So when those opportunities arise, you've got to take advantage of them. And then on the other side, you just, you know, how much do you trust Brock Birdie? You know, we're only we're still only seven or eight games in his career. We don't know exactly what you're going to get from him. He could look like a seventh-round rookie at any given time. To this point, he's been impressive. And Kyle Shanahan's been impressive. And those playmakers are so difficult to cover. Um, you know, that side of the ball is going to be the big challenge, too. Can you can you rush Brock Purdy enough to make him make some mistakes? Because he's made some this year. Haven't always been capitalized on, but he's made some mistakes. And the Cowboys are going to have to, you know, turn turn the Niners over a little bit and, um, you know, steal some possessions. What do you think about the Dallas Cowboys pass rush? I mean, it was good the early in the season and Micah was – hot as all get out, but take the whole thing, the last 18 games. How good is this pass rush? I mean, they definitely cooled off a little bit down the stretch. We're still talking about one of the league's best, and we're still talking about, for us, it's the number two pass rushing grade in the NFL, right behind the Eagles. So, yeah, I mean, they have to be accounted for. Michael Parsons has to be accounted for. You still can't have him one-on-one. And the other thing that they do, you know, Dan Quinn has done a great job of stunting and twisting and just, you know, mixing things up up front. They've done a great job of that. Um, they've also been pretty healthy with the with all the guys that they rotate there and, um, you know, the guys that they're throwing at the quarterback. So I think they'll be fine. I think they're good. The, the thing that the Niners do to mitigate the rush, though, is, you know, misdirection, staying in manageable downs. They're not going to be in second and 13 like the Bucks were the entire time. They, they'll actually offset things with the run a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a great back and forth. But I think if they can get the Niners in the third and long, you know, the Cowboys have the pass rush to create some issues. Steve Palazzolo, PFF.com on ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Uh, the line's for San Francisco. Who do you like and why? Oh, man. I, I, I generally try not to overreact to wild card weekend. I think that's one of the worst things people can do. And it used to be – people would overreact and then these teams would go play the one or the two seed that didn't play and people forgot how good those teams were. Now we, now we get to see the two seed play. Uh, but both teams looked great last week. I'm kind of leaning Dallas. I mean, they, when you look at what they do, they'll, they lay some eggs out there, right? They got some bad weeks. I can't explain week 18 against Washington with something to play for. You can't explain that. But the Cowboys high end is legit. And I still think Dak's a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. I would trust him a little bit more. Obviously, I love the Niners system and what they've done and, and how difficult they are to cover. But I'll take Dallas to figure it out. I mean, the Niners could exploit that number two corner weakness in Dallas. Um, there's, there's, match, there's matchups that go for both teams here that are in the favor of both teams. But I like, I like Dallas to figure it out and uh, pull the upset and maybe play, uh, play Philly in an epic NFC championship. Okay. You guys are going to lose your mind. Yes, no doubt. Um, Blake will have to be medicated. Are you guys going to the Super Bowl? Like, did you already book your tickets? Like, where are? Am I going to see you out there? Is the Super Bowl in Vegas or where? Arizona. Uh, oh, it's. I keep getting that mixed up. It. It's in Arizona. Okay. Uh, so, if you could hire Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan today, you had your pick between the two as your head coach. Who would you hire, Steve Palazzolo? Probably Kyle. 
I think I, I just think his his track record of elevating quarterbacks is Insane. so consistent. Yeah. It's over ten years of it. Right. And my favorite way of doing that is looking at PFF grade, which I do think isolates the quarterback's role versus say something like EPA, you know, expected points added per play, which is a great way of judging offensive efficiency. And Shanahan's offensive efficiency is always high, and he always has quarterbacks who don't grade exactly well in our system, meaning the other day, right, you throw on third and 10, you throw a five-yard pass to Debo Samuel, who picks up 15, or you throw a five-yard pass to Debo Samuel, who picks up 74. And part of that is the Niners having great playmakers right now, but also Shanahan's always done this. He's always created these open throws. So I think I would – I would lean on that and then figure out the best way to build a defense and all that. And they've done that, right, with D'Amico Ryan's getting a good coordinator in there. So I would go Kyle Shanahan just because of his track record of success offensively. What? All right, let's talk OCDC pairing. Cowboys 49ers. Um, Shanahan and D'Amico Ryan, OCDC pairing at San Fran versus Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn. Who do you like and why? I mean, I, I'll give the Niners the edge. Plus, you know, my buddy's the pass game coordinator in San Francisco. He's Kyle's right-hand guy. So, I'll give the Niners the edge there um, just because they're they're that good. You know, I, I, I like Kellen Moore despite what you guys might think. I think Kellen Moore's overall done a, done a pretty good job. It's absolutely better than what they had a few years ago. You guys should be doing backflips compared to the old regime there. So, I think Kellen Moore and, – and I – I, I want to give Dan Quinn a ton of credit because there was this point in the league where everybody was running the Seattle cover three system. And when you looked at how those teams played, it was all identical, right? Like everybody who left Seattle would go play cover three 60% of the time and try to replicate what Seattle did with the Legion of Boom and their pass rush. And Dan Quinn did that a little bit in Atlanta, but he's not that guy in Dallas. He has changed. He's evolved with his talent. He's, he's mixed up coverage games. He's, he's leaned on his pass rush because that's their strength. So I, that's the thing I like about what Dan Quinn has done in Dallas. Now, all of that is a challenge because I think D'Amico Ryans is going to get a head coaching job. Dan Quinn also might. But D'Amico Ryans is probably going to get a head coaching job. And Shanahan, like I said, is probably the best play caller in the league over the last 10, 15 years, so, uh, other than maybe Andy Reid. So, yeah, I, I'll give the Niners the edge. But I do think the Cowboys are well-equipped from a coaching standpoint. Okay. It, it, we're visiting with Steve Palazzolo, NFL insider, pro football focus. Uh, when I was growing up, it was Cowboys 49ers, you know, in the 80s. Then they kind of lost it, uh, or the Cowboys did, and then they hired Jimmy Johnson and things lined up, and then we got Jimmy Johnson and Seifert and Aikman and Young um, after the whole, you know, Montana deal in the 80s. Is is your buddy Bobby Bobby Slowick? Bobby Slowick, yeah, yeah, former PFF. Yeah. Really? He was at pro football focus? Yeah. He was. He was. Uh, he was uh, in between coaching jobs for two years, and he came and graded games for us and, and worked for us. And then when Kyle got hired in San Francisco, they brought him back over there. So where was he? Where was he before Pro Football Focus? He was with Washington with with uh, with the Shanahan's with, when Mike Shanahan was there. Okay, linebacker coach and you know various positions along the way. Then moved to the offensive side of the ball. So you're looking at one hell of a chess match this weekend between two guys that grade high. Kyle Shanahan, as you said, what one of the best, if not the best, play caller, along with Reed, the last ten to fifteen years against Dan Quinn on the defensive side yeah. of the football for the Cowboys. That's right. 
And in for Shanahan, it's run game and pass game too. I mean, the the Christian McCaffrey 68 yard run last week against Seattle. Do you, do you remember how gaping that hole was? Yes. I mean, they just they know uh, leverage, they know math, right? There's fewer blockers over here. The Mike Leach special, you know, if, if there's fewer, if there's not enough guys in the box, you run it. Um, but they take that to the next level with you know angle blocking and various things that they do in San Francisco. So they just know how to create offense. Yeah, so yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a great matchup. Yeah, when that hole opened up, I thought, damn, Zeke Elliott could get four yards. <laughs> I can't believe he's averaging under two yards per carry on like his last forty carries. I know a lot of them are goal line carries, but man, yeah, he's not he's not going anywhere. They need to stick with Pollard. <laughs> That's an under. I agree with you though, uh, Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus. Okay, we've only got a minute or two here, so let's let's uh, wrap it up with another big one right before that game. And I love two two o'clock kicks, three o'clock your time. Uh, Bengals Bills, uh, Burrow and Josh Allen, two super studs. You know, in their twenties, uh, the line's five and a half. Is that too many? How do you see this one, Steve? Wow, is it that high? I haven't seen it. That, that's. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I, the Bengals are just like a big game team. I think they could pull it off. Their O-line does concern me. So I'll take the, the Bills in this one. Maybe not the cover, but I'll say the Bills win. I thought we were going to see that epic Monday night game before the unfortunate Demar Hamlin incident. But, um, yeah, I'll take the Bills. And uh, we'll probably see Bills Chiefs in Atlanta, which is stupid. <laughs> what uh, What about Giants-Eagles? Uh, Jalen, uh, we don't hurt. You know, he hadn't played much down the stretch. Daniel Jones... Uh, man, he can run. Boy, John Mara is looking like a prophet. What he said last year, we ruined this kid for several years. Let's give him one more chance. Granted, Dayball's done an amazing job. Uh, are you going Eagles big, or do you think Giants can give him a run for their money into the fourth quarter? I mean, I think the Giants can keep it close, but the Eagles are just a better team. And like I said, the, one of the biggest mistakes I think we make is overreacting to the last thing we saw. We okay. just saw an impressive game against the Giants, against a bad Vikings defense. The Eagles sat at home. They're still the much better team across the board. As long as Jalen Hurts is not hurt like he was in Week 18 against the Giants, the Eagles should should win this one. Okay. I, I do need to call you out a little bit here for a second, if you're okay with it. Uh, yeah. All right. So you just did like 20 minutes on Cowboys 49ers, and it was awesome. And and our, guys. this this crew will be locked in for, for Dak and, and so on. People will be rooting for him, against him, whatever. Uh, it'll win the day in the ratings and all that. And it'll drive Monday morning. He'll either be good or terrible. Um, but I do. your pick is interesting because San Francisco has the better head coach, slightly. They had the better offensive play caller and one of the best in the leagues, according to you, and I agree, the last decade plus. And their OCDC pairing is slightly better than the Cowboys and the game is at home. And you picked Dallas by a few. That's That's interesting to me. My man, I did it for you guys. Oh, I okay. Guys. I, All right, cool. I want, well, I, I love want to you. see you guys. I'm going to the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks, and I want you guys to be so excited. You're coming out to watch Dak in the Super Bowl. Got it. Got it. Know? I love it. I Cowboys can't... Bills rematch. Hey, be great. I can't wait to to watch Kellen Moore give Zeke Elliott the ball 12 times for 22 yards. So, <laughs> um, it's going to be great. I, I do think this weekend's going to be unbelievable, and uh, I think we'll get at least two really good games, maybe three. Uh, Be good, Steve Palazzolo. Take care, man. All right. Thank you, guys. Pro Football Focus, NFL Insider, PFF.com. He joined us on the Patron Añejo guest line. That is delicious juice. Uh, Tried it. Briarwood Wine and Spirits has it. 
your local wine and spirit shop. Call for it at your favorite restaurant and or bar. Patron Añejo Tequila. Super premium tequila and 100% blue agave. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.